It's good to be up here this morning. You're in a good place this morning. Uh, This is the family church. We exist to welcome people home to God, his family, and his plans. And some of us are ditching today because the sun is shining. So y'all need to harass some people. No, we don't beat people up for missing, but we definitely miss you when you're gone. And um, and so I want to open right away with the scripture for today and then uh, dive in this morning. So uh, 2 Corinthians 3 Verses 16 and 17 says that, say this, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And so I read that. We, we finished uh, the first uh, Sunday in this series with that Scripture, and so we're going to kind of uh, swim in that this morning. And so week one, we learned... That grace is like a waterfall. That's the best image I've come up with to describe it. And, and so this, this idea of grace is that it's, it's unmerited favor. It's something that God pours onto us that we haven't earned. And so there's nothing you can do to earn the blessings of the Lord. But the, the picture of the waterfall that, that I, and the reason why I like it is because it's pouring all the time. And it's pouring, and it's pouring, and it's pouring. And if you're a child of God, if you've trusted Him with your heart, and you're living with your eyes towards Him and you're following Him, that waterfall is over your life constantly, whether or not you're acknowledging it or not. And so we, we kind of dove in that day and we said, give us eyes to see and give us ears to hear, because so many times we can get bogged down in the trials of life. Uh, has anybody... Nobody here's had any trials, right? That was just getting the kids in the car this morning. I mean, we have trials, and then we have bigger things that happen. And, and so it can, be, it can be easy to forget that there's a waterfall of grace over your life when you're swimming in the garbage, right? And so it's important that we'd understand that that waterfall didn't leave our life. But what we can also do is we can pay attention to God pouring in through us, and I believe that we can partner with what He wants to do. And so if we yield our way of living over to His way of living, then that grace just pours through, and it's like we just give it it a, a bigger channel to flow through. And so that's that waterfall. And so we learn that it's constantly pouring because God loves you. And that is so, I mean, there's been bumper stickers, there's been t-shirts, it's, it's like, it's one of those things that sh- is cliche, but it shouldn't be because it's truth. And that God has loved, He loves you, He wants you to live in the freedom of grace. He's gone to a lot of trouble to make sure that you know that you can live in freedom. Now that raises a few red flags in in some people's mind in the church because they get concerned. They say, whoa, if if we just preach this limitless grace and this endless waterfall, then, then people may not, they just may not appreciate it. And in fact, they may try to take advantage of it. And so we're gonna live in fear of what people might do if they think there's too much grace out there. They might just start living too sloppy. They might try to be double agents and and try to hide sin and keep sin. So we're not gonna make grace so easily available. We wanna make sure that people gotta stay in line so that they are acting in a way deserving of the grace. Well, friends, 
That isn't grace anymore. And so, I believe my Jesus was so giving of Himself to not just lay His life down, the value of that was so high that He wants you to know and to walk in the freedom that that provides all the time. He wants you to live in freedom that that paid for. And so, if you hear, Joseph Prince said it this way, if you hear any grace teaching that tells you it is alright to sin, to live without any regard for the Lord, and that there are no consequences to sin, my advice to you is to flee from that teaching. You have just been exposed to counterfeit grace. And on the opposite side is if you're around people that say a whole lot of have-tos, there's no have-to in this place. I get to love my Lord. I get to worship Him. I get to be a part of the vision that He's, uh, that he's given to reach all of mankind with the love of His Son. I, I get to be a part of it. I don't have to be up here. What's your job? You have, Of course you do. No, I, I chose this. I want to be. Um, I don't have to put money into the offering plate. I I see the, the reason for doing it, and so it's a joyful thing. I, there's no have to attached to that. That's part of why we don't pass a plate here, is because I don't want anybody to put one dollar in the plate out of a have to feeling. Because that's not what God has gone to all this trouble for us to experience. I don't want anybody to raise their hands in worship just because a few other people in the room are. And oh, I ha- okay, the song's playing. I, I, I have to raise my hands now. But friends, I hope that at some point the light comes on as, as the worship is going up and, and, and all of a sudden it's like, what are my hands doing up? Isn't that a lot better situation? I choose to. Not freedom to sin, freedom from sin. Week two, we put grace to the test. And we discovered that there are no limits to God's grace. We talked about heavy stuff. We talked about, uh, we talked about um, once saved, always saved, and, and the possibility of, of uh, even if, a, if the, the chance of a believer, how they, how they die and in what state their, their sin level was, if they're still going to heaven. And, and so there's, there's all these Christians that are running around and trying to, oh my gosh, I want to make sure that I don't have, you know, I don't want to be... I don't want to be caught in the middle of something. I don't want to lose my salvation over something. And we basically said, if you are a believer, listen to this. There are no limits to God's grace for the believer. If you trust Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and that's your God, your Lord and your Savior, He is going to walk all of life with you. There's not going to be something that comes across your your way and He's going to be like, whoa, I'm out. Um, uh, I, I mean, I can cover a lot, but yeah, I can't write that check, you know. And the same thing, there's nobody that comes to the cross and Jesus is like, oh, about that. Um, I, I, I really wasn't thinking about you when I did that. No. We said there's no limits to grace. But here's the reason why we dug into that message is because I flipped it at the end of the message and I said we're asking the wrong question. How big is grace? What can it handle? Grace wasn't given just to keep us out of the ditch. 
And so, so many Christians are, are just worried about staying out, of, of coloring inside the lines of, I, I don't, you know, I'm still struggling with this. I've, you know, uh, this addiction's in my life, and, and man, God's just going to run out of patience with me, and, and I should have had this thing licked a long time ago. And, and we just live in this anxious place instead of moving forward in Him. I'm not saying that those things are okay and that you should just not worry about them and just keep them around. But that's not where your focus should be. And so he wants us to look at how, how far can we go in grace. Not how far can we get into trouble, but how far can we go? What, what are our lives capable of with the grace of God flowing through them at full capacity? I can tell you right now that I, just standing here in this place blows my mind. That is because of God's grace flowing through and around me and through a ton of other people now that is just... It's, it's beyond what I, anything that I could have just done. So I am enjoying finding out the limits. And friends, there is no limit. If we want to keep reaching people for Him, you think He's going to say, oh, you got your bag limit for the year. <laughs> oh, your, your church had five salvations. Uh, that, that, slow it down. You know, we, don't want to, we don't want to embarrass the other church. You know, No! There's no limit to, to loving the Lord. There's no limit to, to making Him a part of your family. There's no limit to what, what the, what's out there in the world for you to do for Him. I, I just I love that. There, there really is no limit. And so we can expect amazing things from living under the limitless grace of God. Salvation is the door to this. That's not the end. That's the beginning of life in grace. Thank goodness for salvation, but I'm more, I'm more excited about what comes after that. I'm a different person from the, from the person that, that gave his heart to Jesus as a kid. Obviously, I've grown up physically, but I've been a Christian for a lot of my life, and a lot of that life, I wasn't that nice of a person. Like, God's, He's still changing me, Right? Danielle's not here to say amen, so those of you that know me, just, be, just say, say thank you, Jesus, for her. She's out in California kissing the cutest little baby on the planet. She'll be back Tuesday. Salvation, sanctification, fulfilling our God-given purpose for being on this planet. Are you kidding me? How many people are just out there floating in the grind and, and the highlight of their week is Friday night? Are you serious? That's the best? That's it? Like, or I'm just gonna I'm gonna work my 40 years and retire and and okay, that's nice. I like the beach as much as anybody else. That's it? That's what I worked for? That's what I lived for? No, I, I want my life to be full of God's grace. I want to see things done around me, in me, through me. I want to see uh people come to the Lord in my neighborhood. I want to see family members come to Jesus. I want to see my kids fall in love with Jesus. I want to see all of that. I want to see our community changed because family church exists. I want to get there, friends. I really do. And so that's if we find ourselves and, and jump in that flow of God's limitless grace, that's where we're going to go. Who was here last week when, when Andrew spoke? Who appreciated that message? Wasn't it good hearing it on the woman at the well and just the teaching? Give a round of applause. I think it was good teaching. My gosh. 
We do that on purpose around here. Not only does it give me a break, but um, I, I want you guys to hear different voices and, and, uh, and different insight into the Scripture. I think it's very healthy. And uh, we took a break halfway through the series and had Pastor Lloyd here. Um, and uh, what, a, what an opportunity there. And, and so we, we want to make sure that, that grace is taught from this place. But last week, uh, Andrew taught us that Jesus is grace. And, and, and that we can know him as a person. We watched his interaction with that woman. Was his focus on her sin? He, has, he had a conversation with her. And as Andrew said, a, a person that he had multiple reasons to not even make eye contact with, let alone have a deep conversation with, and then to care enough for her to, to see that she would be uh, to walk away from the sin that's in her life. But it happened after the conversation. He could have sat down and said, you ain't married. You, you are, you're not a nice woman. Like, he, he could have just spoken all about the bad. He, he could have addressed that right from the beginning. And instead, he, he, he valued her and shared, and shared his grace with her. Um, if you missed any of those three messages, uh, all of our stuff's online, picktownfc.com, and then you can get an app called Podbean, and um, all, of, all of our podcasts show up there thanks to uh, Chrissy's hard work, and so really appreciate that so you can get caught up. I want to keep digging into where Andrew was last week with a different story, but similar in many ways. We're going to go to Luke 19 if you want to go there with your paper Bibles, digi Bibles, whatever. Talk about a man named Zacchaeus. Classic Sunday school material here. For those of us that had that privilege. I want to read to you uh, Luke 19, 1-10, and then we're going to talk about the story today. Jesus entered Jericho. This is a town uh, southeast of Jerusalem at the bottom of uh, Israel. And made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. So a few things we need to explain in this story. And so, uh, of course, in Sunday school, you just, you know, I can just remember my teachers different years and just, you know, this picture of, of this short guy, you know, climbing up a tree and uh, just to get a peek over the crowd. And he just wants to see Jesus. And Jesus walks by and says, you. Short man in a tree. No, he says Zacchaeus. But it opens up, the story, says, the story says that there was a man that was the chief tax collector in the region. 
And so there's a few instances of tax collectors encountering Jesus, and this is why this is similar to the woman at the well. Jesus was scandalous in who he ministered to. I appreciate the song today, Scandalous Grace. Uh, Not only do we not deserve it, but it's real easy for us to look around our community or in the world around us and say, I know there's some people that don't deserve it. And we're quite certain that they deserve it less than we do, if I'm being honest, right? And so, uh, and so there, were, there are always categories like this. And so, uh, and so it's easy for us to put like the worst of the worst uh, into a certain category and just say, these are people that I would just as soon not exist. And, and we might have valid reason for that. These are people that have, have chosen to basically make other people's lives uh, more miserable. Uh, or even, you know, maybe murderers taking lives. Um, you, you name it. Somebody that is, is, is willing to uh, hurt other people for whatever reason. And so here we have the chief tax collector. So the tax collectors would have been fellow Jewish people that were used by the Romans to collect the taxes. And I've explained this in a few other teachings, and so hopefully that doesn't uh, wear you guys out, but it's important to, to understand context. And this says he was the chief tax collector. And so you had a little bit of a pyramid scheme. This guy wasn't walking around going door to door collecting taxes. He ran the tax collectors. This was, I mean, picture like a mafia don here. I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is big time. This is somebody sitting up in his palace, sending out his minions to take money from all of his relatives. Awesome. How many Christmas cards is this guy getting? None. They're all Jewish. Somebody heard it. Yeah. Bad joke. Bad joke. Sorry, I shouldn't say everything that comes into my mind. I'm still learning. But seriously, this guy was a jerk. And this doesn't just say the religious people. A lot of times the religious people would say, oh, look who he's spending time with. This says the people. Jesus at this point was a man of the people. They were, they were, I mean, excited about him. Healings were following where he went. Uh, they were seeing miracles of, of uh, you know, meals being multiplied, and and they were seeing, uh, hearing this teaching, and there was this buzz about him maybe being the Messiah. And and so, and next thing you know, old Jesus says, "I'm going to have lunch with that guy." Huh. This is why it's so important that when we see these stories of like the woman at the well and with Zacchaeus and how God approaches us. Our story ends today with Zacchaeus making changes in response to the love and friendship of Jesus. Nowhere in this story did Jesus say, you need to make amends if you want to be in my grace. Get your checkbook out, shorty. And it's time to make things right. I want to give you my love, but you're, you, you've got to make... That's not here. This says that Jesus says, I want to be a guest in your home. 
Zacchaeus was looking for the Lord. He was intrigued by him. He invites the Lord in, recognizes him for who he is, and then as a response to his time with the Savior, he makes this proclamation of, I've got some business to take care of. How did that happen? How did that happen? There was a response on the inside to God's love. And that's what a grace-filled life is supposed to look like. That's what a life of freedom is supposed to look like. Is because I believe that, that as I pursue Jesus, as I make room for Him in my life, there's going to come moments where something's going to be like either watching TV, happens often because of the amazing things that are on there. Uh, it can happen with, uh, with, with relationships with people. It can happen uh, just in my thought life. It can happen with the things that I'm saying. And then all of a sudden, in my mind, spirit, however you want to describe it, I'll feel this, ooh, I, I shouldn't have said that. That happens a lot. Um, I, 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 I don't need to see this. I, I don't need to be here. Um, and, and all of a sudden, things are changing because of a relationship. And so think about your relationship with a close friend, your spouse. And, and this is a, a, a good illustration territory for this, is that you, you figure out not just what a person likes, but, and, and you can choose not to do them because they say, don't do this or do this for me. But there's nothing better in a relationship when somebody just does something because Gosh, I, I know you like this, and so I got this for you. Um, or, I, I know you don't like this, and so I'm not going to do that. Now, if you're ornery and you're a husband like me, then you do some of those things just because it's fun to aggravate your spouse. But, anyways, you got to keep things interesting. You know, you can't make it too easy for the other one. But in this context of relationship that's what Jesus wants that's how Jesus wants to change us and so Zacchaeus makes these dramatic changes after time with the Lord we'll dig into this a little bit further it says that he's very rich but yet he's out looking for Jesus there are a lot of unsatisfied people around you we're surrounded by them. And folks, if they're looking, that means their heart is restless. And they know there's got to be something more. This guy was living well. He would have had all of the physical things covered. It says he was very rich. And yet, he's out looking and climbing a tree. What does that tell you about the status of his soul? That says that the money wasn't ticking all the boxes anymore, right? He had spent a lifetime of setting himself up, of controlling people that manipulated other people, that took money out of the pockets of everybody that he walked by to put, them into, to put it into his. And yet he's out there on the street. Jesus is coming. i got to see Jesus. I'm going to climb a tree. He would have... What do you think the last time he climbed a tree was? 
the last time I climbed a tree? 12 maybe, I don't know. And yet he's shimmying up a tree to catch an eye of Jesus, to catch sight of Jesus. Friends, we've got to remember that there are broken people around us. And some of these people are going to be ones that we really, really don't like. And they would have, everybody on that street probably had some of their money in Zacchaeus' pocket. And so Jesus goes and wants to go to his house, and everybody there that is, that is trying to get Jesus' attention and time with him, they loved him. They felt betrayed at that moment. It's like, you can't, you can't side with the man. Like, we're, we're with you because we feel like you're going to make things right for us, and here you go to dinner with that guy. And yet Jesus says, I came to have dinner with him. I came to have dinner with you. I came to sit with the woman at the well that's been married five times and shacking with the one she's living with now. I came to be with everybody and anybody that will choose to make room in their heart for me, I'm here for. And guess what? This Zacchaeus guy, he needs me desperately. And so we are surrounded by people that have a hole in their heart. They don't know where it's leaking out from. They, they know they're damaged. People don't need to be told they're damaged, by the way. They know something's missing. And they're looking. And it's up to us to have these encounters with people. Um, listen to this. It says, meanwhile, the people behind are criticizing Jesus. Inside, Zach is having a personal... Re I call him Zach. Zach is having a personal revelation of Jesus and begins making dramatic changes. So he's in there having an encounter with the living, walking, talking person of God, and people outside are bad-mouthing the situation. Here's the deal. Religious people do not see the potential in people. They are too focused on the ugliness of the sin to see the beauty of the sinner. I'll say that again. They are too focused on the ugliness of the sin to see the beauty of the sinner. And that is why grace is a person. That's why it's personified in Jesus. That's why he could just move. He saw the potential. He saw the heart of the person that was buried in all kinds of garbage. And he says, oh, they need me. I don't, I got, I'm looking past all of the garbage and I see a heart that is broken and that needs a touch and needs to be made whole. From God's perspectives, all sins are equally evil and ugly, and all sinners are equally lovable. And here's the, here's the problem in the name of hating sin, we end up hating sinners. That is, it's a problem because I can tell when somebody doesn't like me. I can. Can't you? It's awesome. I much prefer people that like me. But, so if somebody can tell that you don't like them, Do they want to meet your Jesus? Nope. 
And so we tend to get stuck, and, and this is because we're human and we, we see all of this ugliness that, that they're spewing or, 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 or enjoying or, or whatever. We, we see it and we say, oh, that's terrible. And it, it is, it is. But if we forget that there's a broken person behind there that Christ died for just as he died for you and me, then we're, we're, we're missing it. And we'll end up being the people grumbling out on the streets while somebody's getting their life changed in the house up the road. I don't want to miss it. I mean, I can't see it all. There's, there's hearts being changed everywhere, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be on the outside of what God is doing or even just to take what He did for me and, and then not be able to share it with other people. That's really where that limitless grace comes in. I want to see grace explode in the lives around me. I like to see it maxed out in my own personal life, but I want to see it change the world around me. A lot of churches use a, a made-up word these days called life change. We're, we're going to get it into Webster's one way or the other. Um, and, and so it's, it's simply about somebody moving towards God. And, 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 and they may already be His, but, but something changed. So, so Zacchaeus had this amazing moment of life change. Was... Zacchaeus perfect after his encounter with Jesus? Nope. I'm still imperfect. What I appreciate about this story is that there was transformation and that was celebrated. And that's what we want to do in this church. And that's, that's what a life filled with grace should look like. You celebrate transformation. You celebrate transformation. You celebrate somebody taking even a baby step towards God's truth. You celebrate any movement. If you're a parent, you understand this. Yay, you didn't, you know, you, you, got, a, you got a C plus instead of a D minus. Hooray! A true story. Um, <laughs> that was my mom, you know. Uh, you celebrate the little things. What happens if it's still no A in that class? Now, I'm captain of the underachievers, so I mean, I, there, I earned a little bit of that fair and square. But if somebody is always told that they're still falling short, that's a dumb way to live. It's ineffective, it will just bottle you up with religion. And it will keep you stuck in, in no man's land because you're going to be saved, but you're never going to feel good enough. That's garbage. I'm glad you're saved, but you're not, you're not really living free yet. Your, your soul, I mean, there, there's, there's a win there. Don't get me wrong. But, but that cross was not just about moving you from column A to column B. It was so that grace could explode in your life and you could celebrate the transformation. And so when I'm struggling with something today, it's actually a good thing for me to look at my life and say, you've come a long way, baby. Right? I, God, we're, we're going to work on this, but... I. I'm, I'm moving forward in you. I can see the progress. I'm, I'm, I'm going someplace. I'm, I'm going forward in you. We're, we're going to beat this thing. 
And, and, and we're going to keep moving forward. That's a good way to live. So we see the first three weeks of our, of our series in this story. We see that Zach was immersed in the waterfall of grace. Jesus loved him first. Right? We see the limitless power of grace for the believer. Oh, he's a big sinner. But how many people, I, th- I think Andrew mentioned this, how many people say, oh no, if, if I walked into your church, you know, God would strike me dead as soon as I hit the parking lot. I, he, he can't handle... He can't handle my, my pile of garbage. No way. He looked at the woman of the well and said, I've got eternal life for you. I want you to be set free. I'm not here to berate you for all of your failed relationships. I want you to be successful in the ones you have now. I want you to go forward. I want your family to, to, find, to find me. Um, he looks at Zacchaeus and says, Oh, big sinner, big deal. The blood of Jesus can handle it. And so we see that limitless grace in this story, and we see the person focused on instead of their sin. And most important, we see Zacchaeus set free from greed and corruption at the end of the story. all All of the hustling he had to do to build up that pile of wealth, and he just starts writing checks. He found freedom from the thing that had been consuming him for a lifetime. You don't become the chief tax collector because you're not greedy. That drove that. What's what's driving the people around you? They need to be set free from that. And so we see Zacchaeus set free. There was no have to. Oh, you better make amends. Or, or Or the bus stops here, fella. I... I could have lunch with a lot of people right now. Write your check. No, there's no have to. Something happened. Zacchaeus was set free on the inside and he responded to it. I want to read these verses again to you this, uh, from 2 Corinthians. And then we're going to close with a couple comments on them. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm going to add verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His image. A lot there. Here we go. Three ways we stay unshackled and live free. Stay. Say stay. See and share. Stay. Don't keep looking. This says that Zacchaeus was looking at the beginning of the story. He had an emptiness. Friends, if you found Jesus, you've got the living water. Settle in. It's time to stop looking. It's time to zero in. Stay close to Jesus. Chase Him. Don't keep looking. You found a living water. You found the waterfall where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. You found Him. Lock in. That's the, that's the best thing you can do. If you stay close, people will say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Well, what's that mean? I can't see Him. 
Stay close to the things of Jesus, to the presence of the Lord. There's a reason for being here on Sunday. There's a, there's a reason for participating in a Bible study or a life group. There's a reason for serving together. There's a reason for living life in, in connection with, with Jesus and, and, and fellow believers, His family. There's a reason for it. It's so that you stay close to Jesus. He's, he's present, but he, you got it. it's, it's about being aware of it, I guess is, is the best way to say it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Stay there. <laughs> Enjoy it. There's freedom in Jesus. Stop looking. We said stay. We said see. See the glory of the Lord. Spend time with Him. And then when things come between you and Him, fix it. I had the, a, a word came to mind about this, this grace-filled life, about living free, fluid, liquid, it, it should flow, and, 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 and there's going to be, you're going to feel things uh, come, come at you. You're going to feel tension come. Uh, you're going to feel even, even darkness uh, grab a hold, or, or you get caught up into something, or something will distract you. It should be fluid. It should be as soon as you really all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this thing's, this thing's gotten out of control. I, I don't need to be focused on this. I don't need this in my life. You, you look at it, you face it, and then you move on. It should be liquid. You should move to the next page. Say, God, I'm, I'm, I, I got distracted. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to keep going again. It should be, it, there shouldn't be these times of, oh man, I just better hunker down here and, and really, really focus on what's going on in my heart or whatever. God wants you to, to when something shows up as being sin or something that doesn't fit in your life, you look at it, you say, I don't need you. I'm moving on. It should be fluid as the things come on. If I'm watching something, it's like it happens, like I said, all the time. Um, even movies that I've enjoyed before, I'll watch now. It's like, oh, I don't need that. I got five thousand other dumb things I can watch. I'll switch to that. And and it should be fluid. Do I spend much time there? Do oh, I don't. Change the channel. Move on. That's what I'm talking about. Fluid. Now, if something is is constantly coming at you and you're wrestling something long-term, then you should get some accountability and just get some help to walk that thing out. I'm not saying to ignore things, but it should be fluid. Deal with it, move on. Does that make sense? Just say yes, make me feel good. Okay, thank you. Stay, see, share. That one scripture said see and reflect. If you are encountering, this, these verses reference back to the time of Moses, which I explained in week one of this. Moses would spend time with God, and he would come back with what? His face glowing like a glow worm. Brighter. And he would hide it because it freaked people out, because faces don't normally glow. But this verse is saying to see God and to reflect God. Don't put the veil up. Look at God. Spend time with Him. Let Him change you. Let it fill you. And then that should bounce off you to the other people in your life that need it. 
Stay, see, share, see and reflect the glory of the Lord. The waterfall should flow through you, should flow through your life and spill onto others. Share the grace. Talk to the woman at the well. Invite yourself over to Zach's house to watch the final four. That's, just, that's already over. I didn't even stay up to figure out who won the second game. Who won? Oh, man. All right. Good for them. But look at these two stories from last week and from this week. Are we willing to talk to a stranger? Are we willing to talk to a neighbor? Are we willing to talk to a family member? Are we willing to engage in these conversations? Let the grace go through your life out onto the other people around you. That's, it, it not only is good for them, but it keeps you in that, it just keeps you in that lane where, where, where God's love is just flowing through you. When, when I'm focused on Him and living for Him, I really don't have a lot of time to get into trouble. Those are the three things we can do. Stay, see, and share. But get this. There's something that you can't do. Listen to the last part of that verse again. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Who is doing the making? He is. What's the end result? More and more into His glorious image. I'm moving forward. Grace is coming out of my life. I'm, I'm closer to Jesus than I was before. There's no less grace in my life. I'm just seeing more of it, and I'm enjoying more of it, and I'm sharing more of it. That's fun. He is doing the making. There's no have to there. There's me staying close to Jesus because I want to, and He changes me. And He changes you. Can we pray this morning? Father God, I thank You for this Word. God, I thank You for this series. God, I thank You for Your grace. God, I thank You that it's limitless. You will see me through. You're never going to abandon me. You accept me as I am. You've already forgiven all of my sin. And God, You've provided this freedom for me to live in. God, I pray that I would forever be grateful for it. If you're in this room today, first of all, I just thank you personally for being here today. It's, uh, you're in a good place. If that waterfall of grace isn't running through your life today. And you're ready for it too. 
would you raise your hand this morning? I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand, buddy. God's grace is there. If, you, if you've chosen to follow him already, it's there. Then you just got to pray, Lord, give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Let me see how your grace, just a glimpse of how it's moving through my life. God, help me to respond to you so I can see you and reflect you. He wants you to live in freedom. Something pops up that doesn't fit. You deal with it. You live this fluid life and you walk in freedom. Father God, I lift up my brothers and sisters in this room. God, I thank you for this life that you've called us to live together. God, may we encourage each other. May we celebrate life change. May we celebrate every little step taken towards the glorious image of Christ. And God, help us to see the beauty of the person that's stuck in the ugliness of their sin. Because you did, God. You love us that much. That you would spend your son's life to pay a debt that we never could. So we respond with grateful hearts today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you made a decision for the Lord today or any time recently or you want us to know something that's going on, you can use that decision card. Um, you can use a prayer request card. We have people up here that want to pray with you this morning as we close our time together in worship. Do you have something to share, April? I really feel like the, the Lord wants you to recognize one thing. He sees he sees. We don't know if Zacchaeus was kind of hidden in the tree or not, but Jesus looked up. Jesus sees, and he sees you right where you are, and not just you, but he sees your heart, and he's looking past all the junk, and if you think it's in the way, you're wrong. He's looking right past it, and this morning, we do hope you'll come up. Let us pray with you, because we love you, and we want to see you through that as well. Jesus is the God who sees. Hagar knew this in the wilderness. Job knew this. The woman at the well knew this. Even the disciple under the fig tree knew this. I saw you. Jesus is always saying, see, I see you. And you are in that as well. He sees you. You're not just a member of a group that comes here on a Sunday. You are an individual who is a priceless gem in the hands of an amazing God that has a special refining process just for you. And if you think you're looking good now, you cannot wait to see what he can work in your life because he sees that too. And when you're spending time with him, you will see it. And that will make all the difference. And not only will you be set free, but you will bring others with you into who they truly are. So please come forward. We're just others who have found grace in the arms of an amazing God who never lets go. God bless you.